Welcome to Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. Hello, Ari. Hello, Adam. Yo, sorry. I couldn't couldn't even. (laughs) Ani, Ani, Ani. How are you? Great. Great. That's all I'm gonna say right now. I'm not gonna jinx anything. We're not. We're gonna spoil anything. More to come. I'll tell Adam to, more later. to come later. Yeah. Maybe. Let's hope so. <laughs> we're manifesting that more is to come later. <clears throat> I just want to say, Nan, thank you for thinking about me. Your uh, manifestations have worked. I can feel your prayers from over here. Thank you. You are so sweet. Yes. This week. <laughs> How are you? What are you doing today on this very nice Independence Day? Um, not celebrating I, our independence. Not celebrating America. I'll say I that. Certainly am not as a woman. <laughs> nope. Or a gay person. <laughs> or a gay person. Or a person of color. <sighs> Oy vey. Well, Ari, this week, yes, we took ourselves out of the heat of the summer. And into the chill of the Christmas season because we read chapter 23 called Christmas on the Closed Ward. What happens in this chapter? Okay, this one was a little difficult. And I'm doing it on the fly because I never think about these until Adam asks me. Harry alienates Mm -hmm. himself before Hermione shows up and they all go to see Mr. Weasley for Christmas and discover... Some interesting patients. Yeah. Patients of importance. They discover some patients of importance at... POIs, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At um, St. Mungo's. Okay. Great, yeah. I feel like that's pretty well said, actually, for being on the fly. You could... I mean, the only other thing is, like, Harry goes through a depressive state. Well, I said he alienates himself. Like, so it's like, yeah, he's like... It's probably the He's closest the moment. series ever comes to like explaining what is going on, what it feels like to be vi- violated, the feeling of feeling yes, violated. I had that same thought. It's crazy to read. I was like, wow, yeah. this is really visceral. And also like yeah. the hopelessness of like depression when it really yeah. like, sets in. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 23 <laughs> opens with Harry wondering, opens with Harry wondering if this was why Dumbledore won't look at him. He's like, okay, well he must think that I'm, possessed by Voldemort then and he's gonna look at me and then see Voldemort's eyes looking back I guess so that's cool and then he's like oh my god remember Quirrell and how Quirrell had Voldemort like on the back of his head and then he's kind of like ugh because he's like thinking about Mm -hmm. if Voldemort was like gonna pop out of his skull it's gross and so then feeling violated he describes that he feels dirty and contaminated because of this vision that he's had of being the snake and then his once again his brain is just spiraling like this book i yeah. feel like does this really well where it shows what that feels like yeah he starts spiraling and then he's like oh my gosh i'm the weapon i'm the weapon that he's looking for and he's like dumbledore's not worried about me he's worried about other people around me he's like worried that i'm gonna hurt someone and then he's like spiraling you know in his brain like looks really pale does not look good molly notices and she's like did you sleep i think you should go right up to bed when we get back. Like you need to just rest. And so he's still, even like when he gets back home, he's still just kind of like trapped in this spiral of thoughts about, you know, how is he connected to Voldemort? What's happening? He doesn't really understand. He's like, maybe Voldemort could be an animagus. Animagus? Yeah. He's going through what the options are. So he's like, am I an animagus? And then he's like, no, is Voldemort an animagus? He would be a snake. That would be what he is. But then he's like, no, I don't think that's, that could be what is happening though. Like, he's like, I don't, I don't really buy that. And then he's all of a sudden horrified because he's realizing if he can get into my head, then he can see all this information about the order. And he's like, and we're serious. And all the information. And he's like, I made them tell me all this stuff at the beginning, at the beginning yes. of this book that I'm a character. Yeah, I've been in. listening yeah, yeah. in on things like, <laughs> yeah. and now he knows it. So he's like, so then he's like, well, I need to leave. He's like, I have to get out of here. I can't be here. 
I need to go back to Hogwarts. And then he's like, but then at Hogwarts, there's like people I could hurt too. And so he's just like, oh, it doesn't matter. I need to get out of here. Like, I can't be here. So then he like gets all his stuff kind of like packed up, ready to go. And then all of a sudden, Phineas oh. Nigellus chooses this moment to speak to Harry. And what I'm assuming is that Phineas saw Harry was getting ready to leave or like overheard it and then told Dumbledore, I think he's trying to go some, it looks like he's trying to go somewhere to which Voldemort or uh, Dumbledore was like, it's because it's Dumbledore (laughs) Voldemort. Voldemort. Does that happen to you too? It's so annoying. Dumbledore is like, stay where you are. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because at first he's like, I have a message from Dumbledore. Stay where you are. And Harry's like, I, I haven't moved. And he's like, no, that was the message. No, no, you're dumb. Listen. <laughs> and so then Harry's like, he's very upset by this, the whole like stay where you are, because it's taking him back to the incident over the summer and how right. that happened. And then he was like, why would anyone tell me anything? They just keep telling me to stay put like and not do anything and not get involved. And then Phineas is like, you know, you don't know everything. Maybe there's a reason that Dumbledore isn't telling you everything. And maybe like you don't know best. It is wild to like literally be reading and be like, wow, maybe Phineas. Maybe Maybe I agree with Phineas. (laughs) Maybe I'm Phineas Nigelis. I don't want to wake up from my nap to help. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm way too tired. (laughs) Harry's being a brat. I want to yell at a a teen. So then Phineas leaves. He just like dips out of his portrait. And then Harry's just like, oh, but then he's like, OK, well, if Dumbledore said that I can stay here, then like surely I can sleep because he's just exhausted. And I did feel kind of bad that he is tired, but like feels like he can't sleep like that is yeah. so awful when you're yeah. exhausted. But then you feel like you can't actually rest. It's the worst. Yeah. So once again, pretty much as soon as he falls asleep, he starts dreaming of this long corridor with the door at the end of it again. Mm -hmm. But then when he gets close to the door, it won't open. And then he's like desperately just all he wants is to see what's on the other side of that door, apparently. And then right at this moment, Ron yells into the room that which I was like, he yells. Why wouldn't he be like, hey, hey, Harry. Like, why is he yelling? Harry, well, mom made dinner. Like, he's asleep. I couldn't tell. So the way it's written, he's, like, asleep hearing it. So I could. he says the voice sounds really, really far away. Mm. But oh, I you think he tell. was physically, like, down the hall? Yeah, this might be another one of those Jim Dale. Like, Jim Dale may have read it like he was, like, yelling. But maybe, I don't maybe. know if it's supposed to be that way. Let me find it. Hold on real quick. Ow, okay. I just gave myself a paper cut. <gasps> Oh, no, those are the worst. Harry said Ron's voice from far, far away. Mum says dinner's ready, but she'll save you something if you want to stay in bed. Harry opened his eyes, but Ron had already left the room. He doesn't want to be on his own with me, Harry thought, not after what he heard Moody say. Yeah, but so see, I, I thought think... he like he came in and he was just like, hey, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Oh, OK, OK. Yeah. Then maybe that was a Jim Dale situation. Um. Did he so, read it like it was like, yeah, know, Harry. Harry. Yeah. Harry. Mum's mm. made dinner. But so, yeah, it was so. OK, so he just it's, it just sounds like a long way away because he's like in the corridor somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because he's like mid dream. Yeah. yeah. He's astral projecting. This is what we would call spiritualists call this astral projecting. But this so, is like he is actually dream. This this is a dream. He's just like remembering. I don't right? know. Do you think? <gasps> I don't know. That's why I'm like, oh. I feel like it could be Voldemort there. So I really, it's hard to tell, like, which but I maybe the think of is the, the point. I guess, but isn't guess that, it's, it's always Eve, dark down there. Yeah, it's Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, it's underground, so it doesn't even yeah. matter. But I mean, I'm um, in the middle of the day as in like, wouldn't people be? Yeah, be in the ministry. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe because it's Christmas Eve, maybe not. Um, it's pretty standard for everyone to have Christmas Eve off here in the UK. I, so. In this book, it talks about how um, it's later, but uh, they talk about how the underground is like closed on Christmas Day. And I had to Google that to see if that's true. And I could not. The idea that I trans. No, it's true that like it's the true. London Underground, the day of Christmas is just like not yeah. operational, which I don't. The idea that a form of transit is just like, sorry. Yeah. It's a holiday. It's a Christian holiday. Yeah. It's wild to me. I know that it like, it's I a think big Christmas holiday. is like a bigger yeah. holiday Very in the UK than it is even America. But 
Yeah, it could be. I know that is very standard for it to just be fully closed, everything to be fully closed. No one's going to be working on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or really even in like New Year's, like that whole time, that whole week. Um, But yeah, that is crazy. I would assume that like cabs and stuff are still available. But it's like if the underground isn't working, then wouldn't that mean like buses aren't working either? Just like no transport? Because the idea would be like, the idea would be like, you're you're closing it so then everyone can have a day off, right? Like your train operators, your yes, right. station guards, blah blah blah, everybody. So that's then, what like, I'm saying. Yeah, it is probably also buses, but then what if you have to go some? Like, it's crazy to me. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Harry tells himself that Ron left the room because he doesn't want to be alone with him after hearing what Moody said. Is Adam Red? And so then he's like, well, I'm not going to go down to dinner because I don't want to subject them to have to be around me. And I just want to say that as someone that has been dealing with depression, like since the move, this was like a very real moment for me where it's like, I thought of you while I was reading this. It's just like, I know what that feels like to be like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I'm, I don't like how I'm being right now. So I don't really want anyone to have to be around me because I'm so like miserable. It's just like... I was like, oh, poor Harry. And he's like trying to protect himself from people, but then alienating himself more, which is like a huge trap that you fall into when you're depressed. Right. You just can't help it. (laughs) No, I don't want to. In Harry's situation, I don't know if it's as altruistic as like he feels like he's being a bummer. So he doesn't want to bum people out. I don't think that's where he is. No, that's what it. Yeah, that's what I think of. Yeah. For Harry, it's very much that he's like, oh, no one wants to be around me anyways. Like he's very like. He has decided that this is how people feel about him. Yeah. I do think in this situation, because there is a part in this chapter where I'm really going to be like Harry. You need to get it together because of something that happens. And I bet it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I bet you know exactly what I'm talking about. So so the next this, day. This could have been a great way to like establish a specific character and the way I would have felt about a relationship later that happens in the series is if this character had been more established in the way that she is in the book. We're talking about Ginny, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the next day, they're putting up decorations, and Sirius is singing Christmas carols because he's very excited to have company for the holidays, which I think is very sweet. Like, he's clearly just, like, very lonely. So, like, good for him. You have something to say? Christmas carols <laughs> that are not religious is... He said... This is... Again, God rest ye merry hippogriffs. <laughs> right? But what the next verse is... No, I know. No, no, you, I just... I... It's so funny to me that, like, this series was, like, blasted by, like, the evangelical right when it came out because it's, like, anti, it's, like, Satanist, right? This was, it was dumb. It was, it's always been stupid, right? But whatever. And then, like, in the book series itself, they're celebrating literal Christmas. Yeah, they're so clearly Christian. There's so many, like, they could have easily been, like, we're celebrating, like, the winter solstice. Like, they're not doing that. It is Christmas. They are trees and presents and and Father Christmas is referenced. Father Christmas, yeah. Yes. Uh, So. Yeah. They dress up. Well, we'll talk about it. The house elf heads. Yeah, that was a whole thing. I don't think I even made a note of that, though, so that's good that you mentioned that, because I was like, I'm not going to talk about Is it that. good that I mentioned it? Is yeah, I don't know. I mean, sure, fair enough, but like, what is that? It's like, guys, what are we doing? These Take are them dead. down. Bury These them. Are- Why leave them there? Ugh. I mean, I know they, some of the stuff is like, she's like, Stuck his mother is wall, attached yeah. stuff, but I'm yeah. like, don't decorate them. Ugh. Oh, my God. So Sirius is very happy. Um, Harry's up in the room where Buckbeak is, like, hiding out from everyone. And he hears the doorbell ring, but just assumes, like, you know, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with him. Harry, have you learned nothing? (laughs) Everything has to do with you. Like, everything just, it's all revolving around you. Anyway, so Hermione has arrived. It was Hermione Mm -hmm. that rung the doorbell um, and then hammers on the door of Buckbeak's room to come in because she knows that he's hiding there. And then she's like, I know you're in there, bitch. I know you're there. And she's given up skiing to come and stay with Harry and Ron for Christmas. Did we talk about the skiing thing when we recorded on Sunday? Did we talk about this at all? I don't think so. 
or what? It, maybe it was the chapter before. Two chapters. No. Ago. I don't think we talked about it. This is what I thought because in the moment they're talking about how like they're going to go away for holiday. Hermione references she's going skiing. Ron has no idea what skiing is, so she kind of explains yeah. it, and he thinks it's really funny. Yeah, the idea of like putting planks on your feet and skiing. <laughs> yeah, sliding down snow. But I don't like. He thinks it's like some muggle. Like it's so funny that muggles would travel this way. You go to school on a train. I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> like Ronald, what are you talking about, buddy? The train. The train has been normalized for him, Adam. He grew up it's looking true. forward to riding that train. It's a special treat for him. I also refuse to believe that there aren't wizards that ski. I'm sorry. Maybe in they have. They French, have to have some French version wizards of it. are skiing. I d- refuse to believe that that is not happening. Yeah. They love to ski. Also, Hermione is clearly like from a very wealthy family. Like they're always going to. She goes. She vacations in Paris. I guess yeah. they're dentists. I mean, Dude, maybe they're dentists, dentists make a lot of money here. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't. But know. they're doing very well for themselves because Hermione's they're always gr- vacationing. They're good dentists. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Hermione's always in the UK. That's, that's where to make your money. Hello. <laughs> you Sorry. say that, but I really, I think I that's like no, a generational I thing. I know. Cause I know, I'm I know. like, everyone I know has like very nice. Yeah. 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 I think it's here. like a formerly. Yeah. I mean, there's a, you definitely thing. still see people who clearly have not like gone to the dentist or something, but like Michael and his sister both like went to oh, yeah, a yeah. dentist growing up and had braces. And I have a friend right now that has braces, but maybe yeah. that's something, maybe it's more like later. I yeah. mean, Michael had them when he was a kid, but like. Michael's dad is also a solicitor. So, I mean, right. they were doing okay. A barrister. <laughs> no, he's not. He isn't a barrister. I know, I know. I say this, oh, okay. I say this every time. A solicitor is different from like, a barrister. That's different, apparently. To me, they're the same thing, but it's fine. Oh, okay, okay. No, they're different. I don't know. I guess it's like, that's more of like, I don't know. I'd have to ask. He told me once, but I can't remember. I think it's like a judge. Um, I think he explained it to me at the wedding. Yeah. Oh, he did. Okay, okay. Um, and I was like, sure. Yeah, I know, but you've immediately forgot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so where was my spot? Yeah, she's given up skiing, and then she's like, skiing isn't really my thing anyway, but don't tell Ron that. And I was like, honestly, I was very surprised that Hermione was going to be skiing. That just doesn't seem like a Hermione thing to me. I don't know. Maybe like cross-country skiing. I could see her oh, being like her a little ski girl. outfit would be so cute. Yeah, she would be a cutie. Ugh. Uh, so... She drags Harry back down to his bedroom where they've got like some little sandwiches, which I was like, that's so cute. And then she apparently came on the night bus mm-hmm. work. Uh, so she was like, oh, yeah, so cool. Um, and then apparently Dumbledore told her what happened the very next day after everything went down. Which Yeah, because, you know, she woke up. She woke up and she was like, where the fuck where are my are best they? friends? Yeah, she marched right into that boy's dormitory because, you know, the girls can go into the boys. It's fine. <laughs> We're not bringing this up again. Anyways, so, um, so she asks how he's feeling mm-hmm. and he says, fine, which once again, Harry, your friends are asking you how you are and you're like clearly struggling. You don't even try to say like, yeah. I'm having a little bit of a hard time. Like, yeah, it's just, I, I, and she's like, oh, don't lie. And then Ron and Ginny have apparently told her that he's been hiding from them. And then Harry's like, oh, you have, have you? And Ron kind of looks like a little embarrassed, but Ginny's like, yeah, we did. Like, she is not embarrassed at all. She's like, well, you have been, you have been avoiding us. Right. And then he's like, sorry, I got so mad at this part. So he's like, you're all talking about me behind my back, huh? And then Ginny says, well, we wanted to talk to you. Right. And then he says, I didn't want anyone to talk to me anyway. So then what are we supposed to do, baby boo? So then Harry, I don't want to hear you complain about any of this. I don't want to hear you try and come for Ginny. No. For caring what, about you? What are we supposed to do, Buki, if we are not allowed to talk to you or talk about you? We're just supposed to suffer in silence because you this, want us to? This is the thing, too, is, like, I understand if, like, you're struggling and, like, no one is ever, like, how are you? How are you doing? And then, like, you, so then you feel like 
no one actually asks you Isolated, what's going on. Yeah. I, yes, I understand yeah. that. That's not what's happening for him. Correct. So I don't feel like I, I feel bad that this is happening to him, but I right. don't feel bad that like they're literally trying to hold space for him. And because Harry doesn't know how to hold space for anybody else. Or even so, himself. Even in this scene, no, yeah. or even himself. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Like, because he can't hold space for anyone else. He doesn't know how to mm-hmm. allow people to hold space for him. Like, I'm just like, Harry, you are so getting in your own way and making yeah. this worse. Yeah. So then, thank God for Ginny. Ginny's like, well, you should have, because I'm the only person that you know that's actually been possessed by Voldemort. And I just was like... Give the woman all the awards. I was just like, thank you, Ginny, thank you. So, and then, were you annoyed with his response? He just turns around and he goes, I forgot. And then she's like, how convenient for you. I... Okay, the only, okay, the only, here's the only thing I'm going to, because I was annoyed too when I first read it, because I was like, you were the one who earlier in this chapter was thinking about Quirrell. You thought yes. of Quirrell on your own. So obviously yeah. you're thinking about other situations. This is the only thing I'm going to say. Harry still in his brain has not reconciled that Tom Marvolo Riddle is Lord Voldemort. He still sees them as like, two entities so when he's like voldemort is possessing me he's thinking like dark lord voldemort not like yeah adult tom riddle yeah yeah okay yeah i mean maybe that's why because i think he's just like i still think it's stupid because fighting a basilisk would have been the most one of the most exciting things that ever happened to you in your entire life so i I feel like i'd be thinking about it every other day but maybe that's just yeah (laughs) and like a phoenix saved your life with its tears Yes, a phoenix that you just saw Pretty yesterday. Memorable. Well, Adam, you know, in the fourth book, he almost died like three times. So he's just... It's true. He's like, it's I don't true. remember that. But yeah, he remembered Quirrell. And I'm like, that was one year before this situation with Ginny. Right. Anyway, so it's just ridiculous. Aye, um, aye, aye. So uh, Harry's like, I forgot. And then she's like, how convenient for you? And he's like, sorry. And then he just kind of immediately like starts talking. He's like, so tell me like, what what is it like? Like, I just, I don't know. Something about that, I was like, why don't you... He could have been like, what... Yeah, what was that like for you? It's just annoying. But, okay, so this is like... This is who Harry is, though, which I think I have to, like, remember. Like, he doesn't have, like... He's not really emotionally aware. And it I shows wish, with I, how he I talks I wish he, like, in this moment... I wish he sat with the uncomfortability that he made yes. his friends feel bad. Yes! Like take I wish some he said, like, I'm sorry, and they, like, had a moment where they were like, it's fine, but, like, yes. blah, blah, blah. He just blah. says, sorry, what and was it like? directly <laughs> moves on, yeah. Yes, and then it's just all, everything is revolving around him feeling better again. Like, it's right. just, when I'm like, this was literally a traumatic event in Ginny's life, this and would you're be just the most like, can you tell me about it? If I was Hermione, this would be the most exhausting year of my life. I know, I don't understand. I She's don't also understand a how they're all... Just Think about that on top of it. She, well, was, I'm sorry. She's also a prefect who does her job. So yeah, like, yeah, exactly. it's different Ron. from Ron in that way. <laughs> but Ron also isn't like emotionally aware. So it's just like, it's Hermione. This is why her and Ginny become friends. Cause she fully is just like, no, the boys don't. They just but like, this are is not the other thing level. too, that really bothers me about the way Joe. Re- <sighs> yes. That's what I'm saying. Like it annoys really me that, that Harry's going, like this. I really hate that. I'm going to bring up gender again. I really hate no, the it's fact fine. That it's, it's a huge always part gender. of these books. But the fact that like Hermione and Ginny think the exact same way, but clearly like Ron and Harry like similarly like don't know how to like. <sighs> it's I know just, it's annoying. It's really annoying. not two ways of being, and I'm not even specifically referring to gender. I just feel like everything is always gendered with her. Yes, it like is. as soon as she has decided the gender of a character, there are like specific modes that the character has to be. Yeah. Unless they're a villain in which they can be different because yeah, it's right, villainous right. to not be the standard. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. I know. It's bad. It's bad. So. Cause like it would have been so how important and like cool would it have been if Ron had been able to be like, we really like Ron. Cause Hermione has already blown up at him in this. Yeah. Book. She's already yeah. done the, like I'm done. I'm done with yeah. this. This is very annoying. 
So like, I like that she's the one who comes and initiates the situation, but like, how cool would it have been for Ron in this moment to be the one that finally is like, you, you I understand how together. you, f- I understand how you feel Harry, yeah. but like, we are not here to, to not be your friend. Like we are yeah, here for, yeah. to support you through this. And but like, see, she, yeah. She just always does the thing where the women do all of the emotional all of, labor. Yep. It's all, all of it. it. It's yeah. all like the fact that Ginny's now in on it too. It's yep. like, oh yeah, Ron couldn't. Yeah. Like you said, have a moment where he's finally like, oh, hey, Harry, like right. you need to chill, dude. No, yeah. Ginny has to be brought into it because only the women can. And I'm like, if you're. So annoying. If you're trying to, to say that that's what normally happens, like, yeah, that's true. But, like, that's not interesting. And that's not, like, Harry is literally supposed to be, like, the uh, hero of this book. And you're, like, this is how he's acting towards his friends? Yeah. I don't like that. I think it's it's interesting that, like, Harry is having this reaction because I do think that, like, the feeling unclean, that aspect is really interesting. Like, the fact that she even gets into that and, like, the depressive state is very, like, I feel like that's not really addressed in children's books especially not before this really really. um so that's really cool but i hate how we come out of it it's just like okay and we're moving on because like that's also not how obviously depression works i'm not expecting this book series to explain depression perfectly (laughs) perfectly yeah i don't know just like a little bit more thought is always the feeling i come away with when i when we talk about these books is i'm like you just did it you did the first thought and the first thought is like I will say it's like good. The first thought is like good. It's not bad, yeah. but then you don't get, it's a rough draft yeah. and you don't polish it. You want like, you want your characters to be flawed. Yeah. It's not interesting if your characters are perfect, but like totally. they should be like exhibiting certain amount um, a certain amount of growth where like, I feel like Harry could really be gaining some self-awareness in this book specifically, like right. with what's going on with him. And I just don't know if it ever really comes for him. Like, I'm trying to think of the other books after this, and I just don't think... I understand we're talking about teenagers, but, like, there has to be something like that happening because you know that, like, other teenagers are going to read this book and, like, you being the adult... It's not even just about that. It's about specifically, like, how you tell a story. Your protagonist has to change. Yes. Your protagonist has to learn something. And it's just, like, you're trying to... You can't just save it all for the fucking King's Cross chapter (laughs) in fucking book seven. I'm just, like, girl. You just need to... You need to think (sighs) about, like, that you're using... I mean, books are, like, teaching people lessons and, like, that kind of stuff, you know? Like, I mean, it's... I think about unfortunately maybe what was the message that was sent to like girls that who like me who are so obsessed with Hermione that like that was normal like it's yeah. like because I think that I think that message did get sent to me yeah like thinking about me in high school and like the boys I was around other than Adam <laughs> yeah. like the guys I would like date and kind of like what they were like it's like mm-hmm. ooh, yuck uh, but that also might just be Midwestern America so Midwestern girls, you know what I mean. <laughs> Ugh, slim yeah. pickings. I also out there. wish, like, I felt like her the the secondary characters like also grew as well. And I, sometimes I really don't like Hermione has been this role in this friend group for five yeah. months now, and she yeah. has not developed further, and she hasn't like. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. Now we've just got Ginny in on it too. Yeah. Um, It's very frustrating. So Ginny asks Harry if he can remember everything he's been doing. She's like, are there just like big, like empty spots basically? Like just like where it's, you're kind of just like blacked out for hours at a time. Things missing from your memory, stuff like that. Because that's what she experienced. Mm -hmm. And Harry's like, no, not really. Which, like, I'm just like, she's literally talking about when she was possessed. And you're just like, oh, well, that's not really happening for me. But, like, he's doing, it's just, he just moves on so fast. He'd be like, well, Mm -hmm. this is what it's like for me. And she's like, no. And Hermione makes the point. She's like, you've had dreams like this before. Like, it's happened. And then Ron's like, yeah. And you also didn't physically move. Like, you were in the bed the whole time I saw you. And then this is where I made a note. This is why you need to communicate with people, specifically with your friends, because as soon as he is talking to them, guess what? He feels better. 
And so I'm like, you were literally making yourself miserable because like mm-hmm. your friends actually care about you and you're just like hiding away up in the mm-hmm. attic, whatever. I was like, so I was like, this is why it's important. I understand some people like process things internally before they come and have a conversation with someone that they feel safe with. That's fine. I just mean that like, it's good for you to talk about things as a human being. So Harry, come on. He also like, like never thanks them, which is like a big. No, it's just There's so, never gratitude shown to his friends. It's so annoying. And no awareness. Like right. it's just, and he, and then he's like, I'm the weapon. I'm not the weapon. It wasn't me. And that's pretty much like the end of it. Yeah. And then they go. To that's Christmas. like it. There's no yeah. like moment of like, I'm sorry. I was acting like a jerk. Thank you for. Yeah talking to me like I'm just it's so annoying like it, yeah. this is like the most annoyed I was at him the whole book and like <laughs> this is like, fucking book five you, this but, is however uh, 700 pages like you have you have the room to write a paragraph of being like this is the longest one yeah right I don't uh, but that's what I think I don't think that she thinks that's like a, an important skill for like men to have. And that's the part that makes me the most it freaks like me out. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. Like makes me sick. So I'm like, yeah, girl. So anyway, talk to your friends. <laughs> um, it's giving, so, it's giving second wave. Like <laughs> <sighs> it is, it is. So <clears throat> Harry's like, uh, oh, thank God I'm not the weapon after all. And then Sirius walks by singing God rest you merry hippogriffs. <laughs> and then Harry's just like, oh, how how could I have ever considered leaving? Like, oh, I can't believe I was actually considering leaving and going away. That's silly me. I'm just like, <laughs> so <sighs> mad. So they wake up on Christmas morning to a pile of presents. Adam? I think that um, Hermione's presence to Ron and Harry are actually her trying to make her own life easier because they're always <laughs> copying her homework. So she's yeah, like, fair. hey, maybe if you make a freaking homework schedule, you won't have to copy my work all the time. Fair. Just that, just like that too, Adam. The fact that like she always does her homework and then it's like, oh, it's just normal that they don't do the work and they just get to copy hers. Oh, it's so annoying. I know. I don't like it. I know. It happens too often. Every yeah. once in a while, fine. But like. Yeah. It's also. So annoying. I didn't it's like one-sided. this. I didn't like this gift either because. Her- Hermione's gifts normally. Um, I had this off too. Are good. They're normally yeah, like, are like she's well a good gift giver. Gift. Yeah, she's a good gift yeah. giver. And this year she like doesn't listen. She's she's fed she's, up. She's worried about the <laughs> OWLs. Fine. Like I can I can give her a reasoning as to why she would get these as gifts. This is not yeah. who you've established Hermione as as a character though, and like how she is a gift giver in general. Like she just knows I hated her that she turned. Well. I hated that she turned. The only female character that didn't give, uh, like, I would I would say like all the other women who give gifts, like specifically like well, Molly Weasley or I don't remember if Ginny gives gifts, but I feel no. like they're always uh, the gifts are practical. They're always like a sweater, a sweater yeah, a jumper, or yeah. like mm-hmm. whatever. And now it's like an agenda and like. These are gifts, right? I'm not saying they're not gifts, but like yeah. there is something about I liked that Hermione would like think about like she got she got Harry that like broom cleaning set. Because yeah, she knew the last how much year, he yeah. like, cared about his like how he wanted to take care of his broom. Mm-hmm. How do you go from that to an agenda? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She just fed up at him. And she got them like, both the same thing. Yeah. She's like, Harry, you haven't been nice enough to me. And Ron, you have like no awareness. So <laughs> she should have got, she should have got Ron how to be a prefect for dummies. He, she should have. You sh- know what? I just thought about in this moment though, that like at least Ron, when he came, when he had that day with the Quidditch situation, when like he didn't win, he just went off alone. When Ron had that moment 
of feeling really down on himself. Yes. He, when he went away and like was by himself, but when he came back and was sitting in front of Harry and Hermione, he said, this is the worst I've felt in my whole life. And he was able to vocalize that. Yes. Harry, you have never like calmly sat and been like, I feel really terrible. I'm really depressed. Like calmly said that to your friends. Right. And then when Ron said that to you, you just went join the club. So like Ron, even when I'm not, I'm not giving Ron like any kudos, but he at least has been able to do that. So mm. he does have some emotional awareness. Yeah. Ah, uh, so it's just, it's just exhausting. Yeah. So Fred and George apparate into the room and Molly is apparently crying because Percy has sent back his Christmas jumper. So they're just warning everyone to kind of stay out of the kitchen for a little bit. But they, I did at first I was like, oh, like no one's going to comfort her. But they said like Lupin, Lupin is, will yeah. like make her feel better. So I was like, okay, well, I'm glad that she's not just like by herself down there crying. Another reason, <laughs> another like, way that Lupin is queer coded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Lupin is definitely very like emotionally mature. I'm sure he's very in touch with his feelings. He had so, to be. Yeah. He didn't have a choice. Also like, so Percy, is, what'd you say? Percy fucking sucks. I know. That's yeah. that's like that's below low. Like why would you send it back? Your mom You don't have to wear that it. For you. Oh yeah. my god, what an asshole. He's just he is. That's yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Um so they head down with Hermione in the hall and she's got a present for creature apparently, a little patchwork quilt. Um so they go down to his bedroom slash den slash nest. Um, under the cupboard off of the kitchen where like the boiler is, he's made this little nest. Um, and inside of it is a bunch of photos of the black family, including one of none other than Bellatrix. And I just went eek. (laughs) Um, they don't see him. So Hermione just leaves his present in the nest. So Sirius at this moment, in this moment actually comes along and he's like, actually, has anyone seen creature? And no one has seen him mm. since Sirius told him to get out. And Harry's like, he may have left the house because if, you know, Dobby came to see Harry and then just like punished himself once he got back, he's like, then Creature could do that too, technically. And right. so there's like a very short moment where Sirius looks a little bit worried, but then he just kind of shrugs it off and he's like, I'll look for him later. It's okay. So they have a nice little Christmas hmm. lunch um, hmm. and then get ready. To- <laughs> yeah. Remember that for later. It's so stupid. Just look for the damn house elf. What do you mean? I I'm going to look for him later. Look for him now. Yeah. Oh my God. They enjoy a little Christmas lunch and then they get ready to head out to see Mr. Weasley at St. Mungo's. So St. Mungo's has now been decorated for Christmas, um, and it's also not as crowded as it was the last time that they came in. So cool. Uh, they go into Arthur's room, and they see that he's looking – well, they see – the reader or Harry, like the – Harry's from Harry's perspective. Yeah. Arthur looks a bit sheepish. For some reason, when they come in, and then he asks for this healer is, Smithwick. This is so funny. And then Molly looks at, takes a look at his little bandages and asks why his bandages have been changed early because he apparently told her they were going to be changed like in a couple days tomorrow. And then Boxing Day. Yes. And then he's apparently asked the healer to test <laughs> out some uh, Muggle stitches. <laughs> this is so funny. And then I'm sorry. I think this is my favorite moment of this whole chapter. When this starts happening, everyone kind of disperses and Lupin goes over to the man who has just become a werewolf because he's looking at the Weasleys and Harry and Hermione Mm -hmm. and no one's come to visit him. And he's like kind of looking over like longingly at Arthur who has all these visitors. And I just was like, I want this. Someone write the chapter of what Lupin and this man talked about. I feel like they were friends forever after this. Like, Oh, so sweet. I was like, oh, thank God. And we never hear about it ever again, like what happened. Ever again. But I want I want to know what their conversation was. And I just loved that. Like when we when they mentioned the werewolf guy, like I remembered that this happened and was like already excited to read this. So mm. <laughs> I love Lupin. 
But anyway, so Molly's like really going in on Arthur because she's like, "What are? Why did you do this? What are you crazy?" My and then, my favorite part yeah. is like he like is like, "Well, he wanted we tried something that the Muggles call stitches," and Harry's like, yeah. "Well, I think I'm gonna go uh, get some all tea." Right, well, as, um, on that note, like him and Hermione, who both know what stitches are, were like, "Oh, I don't. We oh, not want to be here." All for this. right, we're gonna get out of here. Yeah, I mean, apparently, you know, they just didn't work because of the venom. So because it was like yeah. a venomous wound, it's not working properly. Like the ven- Hermione assumes that the venom is like dissolving the stitches or whatever. Yeah. And then Molly's like, he's like, well, you don't really know what stitches are, Molly. And she's like, well, it sounds like you're trying to like sew yourself up, but you can't be that stupid. And then he's like, that's the general. <laughs> that's the general it, idea. Yes. And she's like, what? <laughs> So it's just getting it's just getting it's, worse. But then as they're walking funny. away, Hermione's like, I mean, they do work well on magical wounds. So to be fair, you know, but she was like, but definitely not with like a venomous snake bite wound. No way. Yeah. So they're heading to the tea room, which is on the fifth floor. So they're going up the stairs. And as they're walking through the hallways, the portraits are trying to diagnose them. And Ron gets diagnosed with spattergroit because of his freckles, which I was like, <laughs> what's going on? Fine. They had people had freckles back in the day, girl. Yeah, not okay. as clever as you thought it was. Freckles have been around since the beginning of time. So as they step up on the fourth floor, Harry sees a man peering out at him and recognizes him as the one and only Gilderoy Lockhart. Um, naturally, he's wearing a long lilac dressing gown because, of, course, of he course, he's not lost his love for color, and I love that for him. Slay, yeah. So he pushes open the door and walks out and then immediately assumes that they all want autographs, which I was like, I actually like this. I like that he like what he can remember of himself is like that. (laughs) I'm famous. Yeah. 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 And so he's like kind of taught. He's talking to all of them. But at one point when Harry's talking to him, something jogs his memory a little bit. And he's like, have we met? And then Harry explains, yeah, they have, because he used to teach them at Hogwarts. And then he's like, oh, I did, did I? Taught you everything I know? Or taught you everything (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is so funny. Taught you everything you know, eh? Like, he's just so cocky. He can't help it. It's just him. It's just who he is. It's him. A motherly-looking healer comes out and, like, grabs him to try and, like, guide him back to his room because he's in a closed ward, I guess. Because he's just, it's like people that have to stay there indefinitely, basically. Yeah. And the way that she's talking to him, it's mentioned that she's talking to him as if he was a precocious two-year-old, which yes. I was like, <laughs> that's really like little, it's a little dangerous, but all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Treating this grown man like he's two. Yeah. Um, And then he's he tells her that they, as in the kids, want loads of autographs. Pretty sure Ron just said, no, actually, we don't. We got to go. I really Um, like, I'm going to be really honest. I really like the way this chapter ends because I think the way to, because it's all about getting to the reveal of Neville's parents in the ward. Mm -hmm. But using uh, Gilderoy to get there, I think is really smart. Because you don't really know where this is going when you No, not at all. Not at all. I remember being really shocked when this happened the first time I read it. Um, So we learn that Gilderoy's memory still hasn't come back after the curse that he tried to hit Harry and Ron with reverberated back to him. And they go to the closed ward that he has been staying in that is clearly set up for people that are going to be there for, you know, essentially forever yeah um so i mean it does sound like it, it essentially you know he has what we would kind of think of as like alzheimer's so he just doesn't really remember he can't even like walk down the hallway without getting like a little lost um and he won't know how to get back to his room so his memory is like really bad um also the nurse mentions a mr bode who is also in the room and apparently he's learning how to speak again so he is able to like speak somewhat coherently now, mm-hmm. but he's like speaking in a language they're not familiar with or something. Yeah. So, and then the witch just leaves. She like leaves them to visit with Gilderoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so his bed is surrounded with pictures of himself 
that he's signed to himself in like very childish writing. So it's like, think back to when you first learned cursive or is -hmm. what they call it in this joint up writing, which I thought was so cute. Yeah. Joint up writing. He's just, he's exactly the same basically, even though he's, he's lost. Yeah. His, he has no memory of who he was. He's essentially the same. So, and he also still gets a bunch of fan mail. There's like a woman that writes him like, was it every week? Yes. And he was like, I can't. He was like, I wish I knew why. Anyway. Yeah. He has like the memory of a goldfish. Like he just gets right back into it. So he starts signing and then he's like, gives, tells Ginny she can put them in envelopes. It's just a whole thing. Yeah. So Bode is described as sallow skinned and mournful. Um, And then there's also a woman in the room whose entire head is covered in fur. And then lastly, there's flowery curtains that have been pulled around what look like two, like the last two beds for privacy. So we learn that the woman with the hair all over her face, her name is Agnes, and uh, she barks (laughs) when her Christmas presents arrive. And then her son is coming to visit her tonight. So good for Agnes. Good for Agnes. And then, and then... Bodrick or Bodrick, Bodrick, Bode, Broderick Bode, Broderick. Okay, I was like, that doesn't seem right. Broderick Bode was sent a plot, a potted plant, and a calendar with hippogriffs on them. Just remember that for later. Mm. Do you remember anything to do with Bode, Adam? Nope. Okay, I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> Great. And then, is he the Horcrux? <laughs> He's the Horcrux. Yes, <laughs> the OG. Um. And then, at this moment, a very depressed Neville follows out his gran from those flowery curtains that were drawn for privacy reasons. So Harry obviously knows what's going on. So he, like, sees Neville, realizes what's happening, wants to try and make some kind of distraction so that Neville can leave being unnoticed, or or he can go unnoticed. But Ron has already seen him because... The nurse had said, like, oh, leaving already, Mrs. Longbottom, Mm -hmm. which obviously is not a very common name. So Ron's like, who dat? And so Neville jumps because Ron's like, Neville, hey, man, like, just what's going on? Who are you seeing? What's up, bro? Like, literally so excited as if he saw him, like, out at the mall. Like, I'm like, you're literally at a hospital. Yeah, we're at Pinkberry. Yeah, it's red mango, and we're <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like it's crazy. <sighs> so yeah, Neville like jumps. So I was like, this poor BB, like he's just like so startled, and he like cowers like from Ron saying his name. And so Ron's like, yeah, look, we Lock, Lockhart's right here. Isn't this crazy? Like, who are you seeing? Just like conversationally, yeah. and then Neville turns purple and like is avoiding <sighs> making eye contact with everyone. And I just want to say that Neville's gran is such a mood. Yeah. Like, I love her. I was like, oh, my God, I want her to be my gran. I don't. I didn't remember the, the, like, energy she gives. Like, I don't. Uh, I didn't remember how this interaction goes generally. I just remember that it is revealed. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if she's going to be, like, me or just, like, whatever. But she's just so, like, she feels Honestly, this is going to sound stupid, but she feels very Midwestern and it's very like a matter of the a matter of fact conversation. She's very polite, but she's like, you should be proud of your parents. Like I have met people like this before. Minus the comment that Neville doesn't have his father's talent. I was down with everything else that she said. Um, that also feels very I mean, Midwestern. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> when when I picture Neville's grandmother. To be honest, I know that Maggie Smith played Minerva, obviously, but I always picture uh, Lady Grantham from mm, mm-hmm. Downton Abbey. Mm. I always picture her as Lady Grantham, like being Neville's grandmother. Like I always, that's always who I picture. I picture like Anna from The Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, I could see that too. Sure. Yeah. Just yeah. like a very plain Very woman. Midwestern. Yeah. It's yeah. very like Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kansas. So yeah, yeah, Kansas, <laughs> Kentucky, <laughs> Kansas. Um, <clears throat> I'm not. We're not in Kansas anymore. We're not in Kentucky anymore. <laughs> anymore, Toto. You heard it here first, y'all. It's actually Kentucky. It's actually Kentucky. Um. So Neville's 
Gran is like, ah, yes, I've heard all about you, which I was like, this is so sweet. I like actually got a little teary eyed at this part, Adam, which has not ever really happened to me reading a Harry Potter book. So this is very much like an adult reading the book thing, like going back and being like, she was like, ah, yes, Neville's told me so much about you. Like, she's like, oh, you two must be Weasleys. Oh, yes, the Weasleys are very fine people. And she's like, Hermione, mm-hmm. yes, I've heard about you. Oh, yes, I know all about you. And then, uh, blah, 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 blah. Because we haven't even had, like, we have not had an adult interact with kids like this before. No, this is like, like yeah. It also leads to, like, you can tell, like, even though Neville and his grand, like, I'm sure buttheads at times, obviously. Yeah. That like he they he they share he shares with her like about his life and she like yeah. knows what's going on and it's it's very yeah. sweet. That, I think like, they have a very like healthy Yeah. Uh not parent because she's his grandparent, right, right. but like grandparent guardian. Gu- yeah, guardian to like kid relationship. Yeah. Cause like even um, even Hermione's parents, I'm sure Hermione tells her parents a lot of stuff. But even there's not even yeah. a scene with them where they're like, "Oh, you must no. be Harry Potter. We've heard so much about you." Like, yeah, yeah. I don't no. know if they've ever. We talked. don't meet her really. No, yeah. yeah. So she says that Neville's a good boy, but he hasn't got his father's talent. Which I was like, "Okay, girl, savage." <laughs> and she's then not, she's not wrong. <laughs> Ron's like, yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. That's true, but she didn't have to say it. It's all confidence, though. I think, honestly, with yeah. Neville, it's just he has no fucking confidence. Yeah, yeah. I, I think bet you're it's right. there. He just can't tap into it. Yeah, it comes in the end. In the last book, that's yeah, when yeah. he, like, his bravery surfaces. So Ron's like, oh, like, you know, ask if his dad's down there. He's like, oh, is your dad down there? And then his Neville's grandma's like, have you not told them about your parents? And Neville's like, no. Still not looking at anyone. Mm-hmm. And then she, uh, Gran says, it's something to be ashamed of. To which Neville's like, I'm not ashamed. Still not looking at anyone. Yeah. And then uh, Neville's grandmother explains that her son and his wife were tortured into insanity by Voldemort's followers. And I made sure to write exactly that because I wanted to get it exactly right. Mm-hmm. That she just says this so directly. Yep. Which honestly, once again, like... I love her because she's just like, yeah, yeah, this is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. They were very well-known Aurors. They were very respected and they were tortured into insanity because they were fighting against uh, Voldemort and his Death Eaters. Yeah. She says, "Uh, you know whose followers. She does not say Voldemort. And then Hermione and Ginny both gasp and Ron looks mortified, which honestly, good. (laughs) Because you were literally craning your neck to see who was back there. You're in a it's war awful. that's like people have been. I don't know. You're you're clearly in a war where people are going through things, sir. Who do you think? Yeah, come who do you on. Think now. Neville is visiting on Christmas Day in this ward just for funsies. Yeah, exactly. Have Boy, some awareness, <laughs> girl. So much of this could be solved if they were just a little bit more aware. At this exact moment, Neville's mother Alice comes out of the curtains, and she looks somewhat like her features basically just look like she's kind of like in shock. Like her eyes are really wide. Harry yeah. says um, she's lost a lot of weight since that picture that he saw of her. Like she doesn't have like a ch- a round chubby face anymore, um, and her hair has gone completely white. She comes out and like gestures to Neville, and then gives him an empty blowing gum wrapper. And then Neville says, thanks, mom. And Adam, I literally like had tears in my eyes in this part. Like I was literally I like, had tears in my eyes when he when he pockets it after she tells him to throw yeah. it away. Oh, God. And then she like walked away and she was humming to herself. And then mm-hmm. he slips it into his pocket. And then he kind of like looks at them as if like they're going to make a comment, which of course they don't. Of course. They're all just like. Could you imagine if they had? I would stop reading the book. Oh my I'd be God. like, and Are the you, podcast you, is that day. Worst human being on earth to make a comment about that. Like that, w- I would be like, that was the sweetest thing I've ever seen, Neville. <laughs> I'm gonna be really honest. It's kind of crazy that Malfoy has never made a comment about. There's no way that Malfoy doesn't know this. Yeah, Do you know I, what mean, I mean, maybe that's maybe it's just. Would that be like going too far? A step too far. Does, does he have? I don't know if Malfoy has that type of. Not yet, Thought at least. Though. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the reason is just she wanted to save this oh, of moment. Course, of course, of for, course. It's like, 
But yeah, I mean, that is a good point because I'm surprised that his dad wouldn't, or Bellatrix wouldn't gloat about. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So Neville Oof. leaves with his grandma. Hermione says that she never knew. Ron mm. agrees, basically. And Ginny's like, yeah, I didn't know either. And then they all look at Harry and he's like, I did know actually because Dumbledore told me, but he promised or uh, he made me promise that mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah. Harry had to sign an NDA. Yeah. Yeah. He had to sign an NDA. <laughs> and then he explains that Bellatrix actually was one of the people that did it. She was one of the people that tortured his parents. And then Hermione's like the woman that creature has a photo of great. And then the chapter ends with Gilderoy, uh, Gilderoy saying, look, I Gilderoy. didn't learn joined up writing for nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, I will say joined this book does writing. a really good, this book does a really good job at the Bellatrix reveal at the end of this book. Because oh. like setting it in the last book and then like interspersing these references to her and what mm-hmm. she's done throughout the book in order to like reveal that she's. Yeah. A little crazy. A little craven. And I think that this moment, the like uh, Neville's grand, Neville and his grandmother and then like his parents being in that ward and stuff in this moment of how it's like they're all, all the kids are like so shocked that this is the truth of Neville's story. Oh, it was, I, well done. I hate to give her a compliment, but yeah, well done. And it's also like it, it puts into perspective the reality of, what the Order of the Phoenix, like, oh, really yeah, yes, is. what it really is about. Because it's one thing to be yeah. like, well, we all know Harry's parents died, but also, like, as we learn later, obviously, we know they were like targeted for a very specific purpose that we right. technically will find out at the end of this book. But, but his parents died, like, saving him, right. Neville's parents. They just died or they just went mad because they were like trying to do good. So it's just like, and and Neville is still being affected by it it, to this day because they're still alive and he goes to see them. And yeah. Yeah. So it's just like the repercussions of Voldemort and his followers are. It's the, yeah, it's a good, it's a good follow up to the conversation or the argument that Sirius and Fred and George had last chapter where they were like, he was like, you know what you're getting into and that's why you're not in the fucking order. Yeah. That's yeah. why you're not ready for it. Exactly. Sorry. But yeah, that's it. That's the chapter. <laughs> right. Well, that wraps up this chapter. Next week, we'll be reading chapter four called Occlumency. We have a comment from our YouTube from the last chapter. We do. We, we do. So, uh, Paper Star Girl says, I'm a Boys Love, Boys Planet crossover listener. We love cross-pollination. I know. I love it. I love it. And as an anxious LGBTQ millennial who can't stand Joe but loved Harry Potter in high school, I feel so at home listening to you. The Hermione love just seals it for me. I would like to say that Ari has incredible opinions and Adam is also there. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I've always, uh, I've just always wanted to shade Adam for having worse taste than RJ. Fair enough. Uh, you're both you're both very comforting, funny, and real to listen to, and I love the occasional tangents and asides you throw in. Occasional is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Occasional. <laughs> uh, thank you for this podcast. If I used any Apple products, I would give it five stars. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so I didn't much. even think about that until she left that comment. That I'm like, yeah, there's just a lot of people that don't use Apple products, so we need to. But I guess yeah. we have Spotify, right? Spotify have a review option? No. It does. It has. It has a rating option, but it's not have a review. Oh, rate. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So comments, comments also count. Thanks, guys. Comments Thank you so count. much. One of us. One, One of, of us. us. One of us. <laughs> K-pop, Harry Potter. K-pop, Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts, as well as video versions on the Ampliverse YouTube channel and on Spotify. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that we can get a perfect newt score. Five stars only, or else you will have, have no to. emotional awareness. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. You'll be just like Harry and potentially lose your friends because you're such a fucking asshole. Oh, my God. 
Why? For what, girl? I was yeah, on his side, too, at the beginning of the chapter. I when know! He was like, that, that's the worst part of it. You're on his side. And then he does... He said that line. It was the... Oh, you were all talking about me behind my back, huh? Well, we wanted to talk to you. Well, I didn't want you to talk to me anyway. It's just like... Okay, girl. How old are you? 15. Stupid. That's part of the yeah, problem, 15. to be honest. 15. That's why. That's the uh, issue here. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HP Anxious or YouTube and TikTok at The Ampliverse. We are hosted on Spotify for podcasters, so thank you to them and are a proud member of The Ampliverse. Please check them out at TheAmpliverse.com. Thank you, Ari. Thank you, Adam. And as always, Knox. Happy Christmas. <laughs>